Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for listening. This is Renee, and this is a guided somatic meditation. Somatic meditation is an experience of being in your body. It is simply that. It's connecting with the sacredness of your being and the sacredness that is inherent within you. And a somatic meditation is remembering what you already know. It's a kind of meditation and mindfulness that brings you back into your felt sense. It brings you into the intuition of your body. It helps you resolve and understand and get to know the places in yourself that have been hidden and cut off, as many of us have been forced out of our bodies through generations of trauma and societies that really don't honor living beings. So thank you for joining me. (laughs) And this meditation is offered on January 19th, 2019. It is inspired by astrology. I'm an astrologer as well as an artist and a somatic movement educator. Um, And the astrology of right now is quite profound. I think it has quite a profound message. We're entering into Aquarius season. It's a full moon tomorrow in Leo, and it's also a total lunar eclipse. And it's the end of a cycle of eclipses. And eclipses have 19, 9, 10, and 6-month or 2.5-year cycles, depending on how you look at it. So it's an important moment. And the meditation is coming from a lot of what I talked about in the podcast about astrology um, and my own frustration and confusion around relationship with straight cis white guys. And so I want to just take a moment and position myself and say that I am a white woman and I benefit from a lot of privilege because of that. And I know that. And I'm trying to understand what that means even more. And I'm also of an age when people still like pay attention to me in a certain way that doesn't happen, I think, to younger women and also ceases to happen um, when women get much older than I am. And I'm not that old. I'm 35. So just to give you that position as well. And then also to say that I benefit from things that society likes. Um, I'm thin. And the way that I look isn't, uh, it doesn't get me unwanted attention for the most part. Like I'm not, uh, I don't gather that towards myself. So I, I benefit a lot. I get to kind of slide by a lot um, in ways that other people don't. And that's something that I'm going to be talking about in this meditation. And then I'm also talking about um, my frustration with people who slide by even more than I do. And um, a collective frustration, I think, with these people and also a lot of compassion and desire to to reach out and connect with people who identify as as men and who are straight and who are white and who are cisgendered. And that means that their bodies are also masculine bodies. They were born with penises and testicles and they feel like men. And so these people have... um, Uh, a tricky moment to get through, I think, in our collective evolution. And anyone who doesn't identify in that way also has a tricky moment to get through because I think this is a class of people that has historically benefited from a lot of privileges that other people have not benefited from. And this is invisible. You know, it's one of the things about privilege is that you slide through circumstances that might be a lot more challenging for other people where there might be uh, blocks or you know, impediments that you don't even see at all if you carry a certain kind of privilege. So that's what this meditation is about. It is um, trying to really understand and, and unpack a little bit what privilege is from an embodied perspective. And as I put it out there, I really want to say that my intention with this meditation is healing. And I don't want to make anyone feel bad for what they are. I think all of us are caught up in a lot of bullshit. And anyone who wants to heal is going to have to dig into that bullshit. And no one doesn't have a part in it, unfortunately. Children don't. You know, really young people, like they, they are not yet the perpetrators. But once we get into adulthood, it's like we're all playing a part in these different systems. And they hurt all of us, and they hurt all of us in pretty different ways, but they hurt all of us. And my intention is to uh, be one of many voices that are calling for waking up. 
So with that introduction, I want to say that we're going to be working with the felt sense and with our emotional awareness and with some visualization. And I think that this meditation might inspire some movement. So I would suggest that you be in a place when you do it where you can actively let yourself express. And that might come out as sound and it might come out as weird movements that maybe you don't want other people to see. So perhaps you do this meditation alone in your bedroom um, or in a space where you can move around like a studio of some kind, or maybe you gather with a group of people and do this meditation together as some kind of collective process and then talk about it after. And I know that a number of people are doing that now with these somatic meditations. And so I just want to say hello to all of you that are practicing in groups. I love it that you're doing that. And I'm really curious, like what's happening for you and what kinds of conversations you're having after and um, the answers that you're coming to in your own practices, etc. So if you ever want to reach out and talk to me about it, I would love that. Okay, so we'll continue from here. And I would like you to be in a position where you're comfortable and where you can relax somewhat. And so the idea here is that you don't need to use so much strength to be where you are, but you're also alert. You're also in a place where you feel like you can breathe, where you feel like you can be in some choice in terms of your relationship between gravity and levity. So I don't know what that is. For some of you, it's going to be standing upright, maybe balancing. For some of you, it might be yielding to a couch or a lot of cushions or another body. You can bring your attention into yourself anywhere. And let's all take a moment to drop in and to feel gravity. And if you listened to the previous meditation that um, really kind of sets our way into this meditation um, in the 2019 series, then we did a whole meditation on connecting to the star nations and to our shared ancestry as beings who come from outer space. Um, and I don't mean that in a like, oh my God, aliens way. I mean that in a kind of science nerdy way, which is that um, human life is probably the product of some kind of bacteria that was on an asteroid that hit Earth. And because of Earth's magnificent conditions, that it has this amazing atmosphere with um, oxygen in it and all these other gases that we need, and it is the recipient of sunlight, and it's at a distance to the sun where it's not too hot and not too cold, and it has water, and all of these amazing things, life has been able to grow. And so that's something that we all come from. So take a minute and connect to that idea and feel the earthly side of your body rest towards the earth and the heavenly side of your body open towards sky and space. And then start to take some deep breaths in and out. And if there's any kind of tension or anxiety in your body that you notice, feel free to let it out on the exhale. And I always find that exhaling feels so relieving. So I'm going to take a couple of those with you. And as you exhale, can you say to yourself, here I am. And I am here. And that's all. So you take a deep breath in and you feel your body receive your inhale. And then as you exhale, you say, here I am. And then you take another deep breath in and you feel the sides and the back and the front of your chest expand. And you exhale and you say, I am here. And for this moment, just feel where you are in time and space and wherever you happen to find yourself, whatever 
country, whatever town, whatever environment, whatever structures, what other people are around you, what you're wearing, what you just ate, what you're going to do later, all of that, just feel that. And take another deep breath in and out and tell yourself, here I am. And then think back into your ancestry as far as you can think back and just do a quick survey. So it doesn't need to be really detailed stories, but what are the stories that you know and kind of jump from one relationship to another and think back to the people that raised you. These are biological parents as well as other caregivers, but they are, you know, folks who filled your mind when you were young. And then think back to their parents and the people who raised them and as you think back in your history, as far as you can go, um, see if you can just give yourself a glimpse of where they were, like a snapshot in their lives. And if they had lives that changed dramatically throughout the course of their lives, maybe a couple of snapshots. And in these snapshots, place them in terms of a couple of different things. And so place them in terms of their social standing how much power they had or didn't have, place them in terms of their economic status and how much they struggled or didn't struggle for just financial stability and access to the resources they need. Place them in terms of race and whether or not they experienced an identity that was less important than white at any point. And then think of them in terms of religion. What were their practices? What were their faiths? And this is kind of an interesting question. If some of you can remember back a number of generations, there may have been significant shifts in religions or practices um, relating to spirituality. And so as you think back in your ancestry, think into these snapshots like what is someone experiencing what's a slice of their life in an everyday and don't get caught in the stories but just think about it and as you think about it can you rest into your back body and rest down towards gravity and that's all so just think about your lineages. And I sometimes have this image of rivulets, you know, the way that water branches out from a larger tributary into smaller and smaller streams. And it's kind of like that's happening backwards from my body. It's like my body is this watershed and all these different sources are coming into it. And first there's, you know, a couple of primary sources like my parents and the people who really helped me a lot as a younger person. And then there's all of their extended networks. And that goes out and out and out and out and out. And I can tell myself the stories only to a certain point. So I know the kind of general stories of my ancestors back about maybe three or four generations. So great, great, great grandparents. And you might know a lot more and you might not know a lot less. And whatever you know is fine. And then when you get to the edge of your knowing, just feel into the empty space. And then once again, feel into your back body and feel your body rest down into the ground. And then let yourself feel into the, any knowledge that you have in terms of the cultural history that you come from. So maybe you don't know who um, your great-great-great-grandparents were, but maybe you know where they came from. And so just feel yourself in relationship to that. And it might be a directional relationship, it might be a longing, it could be your imagination of what they looked like or felt like or sounded like. And then really rest into your back body and feel yourself in relationship to the ground. Just rest and rest and rest and keep taking 
deep inhale breaths and letting your body soften and expand. And then as you exhale, just sigh out. And a lot of us have tremendous pain in our ancestry. And so as you feel back and you're getting these snapshots, a lot of you might be getting snapshots of suffering. And when you get a snapshot, just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And then tell yourself, here I am, I am here. And feel that balance between the space that you hold right now in whatever kind of circumstance that is allowing you to sit and breathe and do a guided meditation as you think back to their circumstance then and just notice that and imagine the the directions that these streams have moved so that you can be here and then feel into the snapshot whatever that glimpse into their reality is or the imagination is and you might make a gesture like two hands together or a deep bow you might place something at the altar of their feet you might imagine laying your hands on some part of their body and saying thank you or i love you maybe it's simply a quiet nod an acknowledgement I see you there. And then as you continue to think back into any kind of cultural histories that you know, so any locations, any larger narratives, feel down into the ground and imagine directionally now and kind of materially in your body how the earth has shifted in the memory of your lineage. And so what I mean by this is if you know that your uh, family came from the desert and you currently live in the rainforest, can you remember that terrain? Can you imagine what it felt like? In your ancestors' homelands, in the places where they traveled and journeyed, by choice, not by choice? Can you imagine all of the sensations that they had in their bodies? And you don't need to know who they are. And if your ancestors were part of a forced migration, and many of our ancestors were part of a forced migration. So of course, one of the largest in the history of the world is the transatlantic um, slave trade. And many, many people are a recipient of that memory. I know I'm a recipient of the Holocaust and a, f a fleeing people, a people, the Jewish people who ran for a really long time and who didn't feel safe for a really long time, and many of whom don't feel safe now for various reasons. So feel into that. What are the felt sense memories of your people? And again, as you feel them, you might have all kinds of things coming up. And when you do, can you hold that feeling? Can you take a really deep breath in, a really deep breath out, and then say, here I am, I am here. And can you hold the complexity of the current situation, which is that you are in the present moment that you're in, and you're actively engaging in your own healing. And there's still a part of you that is experiencing this terrible fright. And that fright might be going on currently, it might still be going on, it might still be reverberating in your body from lived experiences or in your family or in your communities. And for the moment right now, you are doing this meditation and you're breathing in and you're exhaling and you're feeling the ground beneath you and you're feeling your back body and you're just resting. 
So come back to that again and again and again and continue to resource yourself. Just inhaling, you feel your breath, you feel your body expand and then exhaling. And now I wanna invite all of us to remember the feminine ancestry. And so these are the mothers, your mothers, your parents' mothers, their parents' mothers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, back and back and back and back. And just take a moment and connect to the feeling of them. And connect to the feeling of your mothers, the women that raised you, any feminine beings that raised you. And some people maybe had sisters who raised them or aunties who raised them or grandmothers who raised them. So these people too, like connect to the um, women that raised you. And remember them. Remember how they felt, the texture of their clothes, how it felt to be close to them, what kind of voice they had, and the ways that they engaged with you. And just remember that and take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out and feel the back of your body and feel the earth side of your body and feel the earth below you. And then imagine the relationship of your mothers to their mothers, to the women who raised them. And of course, surrounding all of them are the men, the non-binary people, the children, the folks who don't care, and the relationships. But right now, just feel into your feminine uh, lineage. And what I want you to feel for is where and how women had power in your line. And there's a lot of different kinds of power. There's internal power, there is emotional power, there's physical power, there's manipulative power, there's the power of love, there's the power of a good sense of humor, resilience. So however you want to define power, just feel that. And maybe offer some kind of gesture, just a hello, an acknowledgement, some gratitude. Maybe there's something you need to say. And then take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and feel the back of your body and feel the earth beneath you. And then we'll shift our attention and imagine our fathers and uncles and brothers and cousins and the guys in whatever bodies they showed up in, in whatever ways they presented themselves. It's always hard to talk about gender <laughs> as a queer person and knowing that I have um, a lot of queer identified people listening to me. I hope that you all know that when I'm saying these words like man and woman and female and male, that I am including um, a lot of complexity in there and I just want to acknowledge that that there's a lot of lineages and a lot of ways to express gender and I'll miss some of them sometimes but they're all there and as we feel back now into the masculine line it's sensing into the people in our families who have been perceived as masculine who were born into bodies that the world read as masculine and who were treated as masculine beings. And it's also the people who weren't born into those bodies and who knew that that's what they were. And so they dressed like that. They fought for that identity. It's, the, it's them as well. But feel into masculinity. Like, what is it? How does it live in you? And can you feel back into the way that masculinity has been 
patterned in your lineage. Just feel back into that. And then consider this question of power. What kind of power did they feel? What kind of power did they take? Where did they feel empowered and disempowered? And see if you can feel the binary of gender that's been presented on this planet at this time of masculine and feminine as it lives in you. The places where you feel connected and attached and attuned and identified with femininity or masculinity, just tune into that. And then Feel in yourself what this does for your own power. And the question is, do you like what you feel? Are you feeling honest with yourself? I lived for a long time in my body, um, really trying to, to live into a certain kind of femininity that felt so not right for me. And I don't identify as a masculine person. I feel deeply, deeply feminine, but I really didn't and don't resonate with the ways that femininity is portrayed um, in, you know, across the globe uh, a lot, but also in the like white feminine ideal. I really don't like it. I don't want to be like that. It's not compelling to me. And so for a long time, I felt like I was performing something and it really wasn't me. And something has shifted now as I feel my own gender and as I allow a different kind of masculinity or androgyny to just be present because that's how it's perceived right now, but it's really just me. I feel so much more comfortable. And so that's a question that I have for you right now is how comfortable do you feel in your own body and in the way that you feel your history as a male-bodied person or as a female-bodied person because you're both. You carry both experiences in you. And as you think back through your lineage and into your parents and into your sisters and your brothers and your friends, etc., just imagine what they all felt like because their memories also live in you. It's a little bit of imagination. Okay. And now let's um, do a different kind of meditation and let's think about class comfort. And this is a strange meditation, right? It's like uh, we're definitely coming into our thoughts, but we're being very intentional about the things that we're thinking about. So I want you to now imagine your own relationship to money. I just say that word and I feel this tightening in my belly. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but just feel what happens when you hear that word. Maybe you get really excited, maybe you get scared, maybe you check out. And think about money just as a concept and how you feel either attracted or repelled by it. How do you feel in relationship to it? And again, it's not about the stories, it's just the sensation. And now notice your body state and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and just rest into your back body and rest into the ground beneath you. And I know for me that my nervous system just did like a 10 point de-escalation, like the minute that I thought of money, my whole body got tense and a little edgy. <sighs> and then as I remember to breathe and just rest into my body, um, it goes away. So maybe some of you had a similar experience. So we'll just now let our imaginations flow into the rivulets and the streams of experience that our ancestors have had with cash and resources. And money doesn't make the world go around and it certainly doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy a lot of the things that happiness is supported by. And when there's not enough money, there is 
a certain kind of suffering that is acute, it's profound, it's a survival kind of suffering. And to live in financial precarity and to feel unsure of survival and to feel unsure of the capacity to receive help if it's needed is really scary. And if you have stories like that in your own biography or in the collected biographies of your people, take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and feel your back body and feel your relationship to the ground and really rest. And then tell yourself, here I am. Here I am, right now, right here, doing this guided meditation. And you might need to take a number of deep breaths in and out. For people who are struggling with financial precarity, it is constant trauma, it's constant stress. And I know that I have felt that at many points in my life. And talking about it is a source of trauma. And I have to remind myself that at this moment in my life, that is not my story. And maybe you also know what that feels like. Or maybe you are feeling the precarity. There are a lot of people who are feeling that right now. There has been a government shutdown for a month in the United States where I am. And a lot of people are feeling the reverberations and the economic shock. So let's take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. It reminds me of um, <clears throat> this parable. So it's a Buddhist parable and that's all I know. I don't know where it comes from. I've heard it told a couple of times and my friend Suniti's husband, David, um, painted a picture that I have uh, of this story. And the story is that there's this person and they're walking, taking a walk through the jungle and all of a sudden they hear something behind them and they look back and it's a tiger and the tiger is like chasing them. <laughs> It wants them for lunch and so they take off running and they're running and then they come to this cliff and there's nowhere to go but to kind of jump off the cliff and so they scramble down they find this vine to hang on to and they're hanging onto this cliff and they look up and there's the tiger on the ledge of the cliff and then actually there's two or three tigers now and then the vine is starting to pull away from the earth and that's happening slowly but surely and then the person looks down and down at the bottom of this incredibly rocky and steep and dangerous ravine is another tiger. <laughs> so for sure, that's going to happen. And then there are these ants <laughs> that are crawling down the vine and like starting to crawl onto the person's arm. And then they look over and see this wild strawberry growing out of the side of the cliff. And they reach for it, and they grab it, and they take a bite. And it is delicious. And that's the end of the story. So the feeling right now is like, oh my god, there's a lot of chaos in the world. Let's take a deep breath in and feel the strawberry of that breath, like just being able to breathe just in this moment and feel the pleasure of that breath. And feel the back of your body and feel the ground beneath you and relax as much as you can and take as many breaths as you need to. And now we're gonna do one that I think is pretty hard to do. And <clears throat> this one is especially hard if you've lived in a body that has white or light colored skin and you pass for white, um, and definitely much harder if you come from white people. And as I say this, I just want to invite any white person who's listening to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And notice what your body does when the words like white and whiteness come up. Um, 
I know that, you know, I'm in kind of an, an activist community and a lot of what I do is trying to understand whiteness and white supremacy and still when I hear those words come up from someone else's mouth, I get scared. Like I feel like I've done something wrong. So I just want to kind of hold space that even saying this can be like a little bit of a shutdown and I want to invite everyone to continue with me. So take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. All right. So what is this thing that's called whiteness? I'm trying to figure it out. I definitely don't have all the answers. I know just a very small amount. And most of what I've learned, I've learned from people of color. I've learned from indigenous people and black people especially. And these are the people who I think have had to do a lot of unpacking about what this is because it's a mind state. It's a constructed kind of brainwashing and belief system. Inherently, we are all human and that's the truth. And a lot of white liberal people know that and it's something that we say a lot. So that's true. Everybody has an embryonic experience. A fetal experience they're born and they live into bodies and they have had whatever experiences they've had until now and in most places around the world if you have uh, light-colored skin you are recipient to a certain kind of privilege that's often invisible so here's some examples from my own life because I am one of these people I am a white person I can easily walk through a health food store which I frequent quite often because I'm also a middle-class white person. I have enough money to shop at organic food stores. And I walk through the aisles and I often will sample liberally from the bulk bins. Anybody else do that? And I know because I've seen you that you exist. And a lot of us are white women who get to do this. And it's a particular kind of privilege we have because we're not the people who are being looked at with an implicit fear that they're going to be uh, stolen from by those people. The people who get looked at with that kind of fear are the people who we've seen in television shows and movies and um, commercials and in the news as being these people. And they are the people who get reported on the most often. And they are not the people who commit the highest amount of crimes, actually. But the people who get reported on the most often would be um, younger black and brown men, uh, boys, and probably who wore a certain kind of clothing, like a sweatshirt. So if you don't look like that, and you have uh, at some point in your life been able to just kind of casually stroll through the bulk bin at Whole Foods and take a sample, that's privilege right there. And it might not be only white privilege, it could be age privilege, it could be gender, it could be something else. So take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out and just feel what it is to kind of imagine that story, that scenario. and. My question or invitation for you now is to feel into all the things that you have had to do in your own life, like hurdles you've had to move through. So maybe you needed to save money to buy a car, or you needed to get a loan of some kind, or you had a person in your family who was ill and you needed to care for them. And I want you to feel just the challenge and the suffering of the situation itself, that just those situations by themselves without any external forces around them are stressful. Getting a loan is stressful. It's like you have to apply, you have to put out some amount of risk and vulnerability with debt. You are then accountable to something. You have to go and fill out some forms. Like it's not super relaxing to get a loan, it's stressful. You might be re rejected. And so then here's the thing, is that there are all these layers of 
uh, increasing chance that that stress is going to get magnified depending on what kind of flesh suit you're wearing, what kind of body you're in. And if you are a straight white guy, a cis white guy, if you pass as a white man, people are more likely to give you money. They are more likely to trust that you are someone who knows what to do with money. And it's not necessarily because you do know or that your fathers knew or your brothers know. It's that in movies and commercials and in the narratives that many of us hear all the time, the people who know what to do with money are white guys. So we don't have a huge amount of cultural narratives about um, black women superstar economists and they're out there but we just don't you know they're not the ones who are like really filling our attention so take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out and just i need to come back to my body a little bit like that gets kind of heady and maybe you do too so let's just feel our bodies and take deep breaths in and deep breaths out and Connect to the earth and the earthly side of your body and connect to your back body and see if you can rest. And as you feel into your ability to rest right now, I want you to feel into the ability that your ancestors had to rest. And there are lots of stories about ancestors who worked really hard and who were scared and who made their way. And there are lots of stories about ancestors who were the recipients of terrible abuses and somehow managed to survive and their family lines managed to survive and you're here. So as you breathe into this, I want you to imagine like what was the experience of resting in your lineage? And where and how have people been able to rest or not? And let's just take some deep breaths in and some deep breaths out and hold all of the people who are struggling and say, this breath is for you, like you struggled. That was so hard, the things that you did, the ways that you had to maneuver and hustle and figure it out. Let's breathe in and acknowledge any of the ancestry that actually didn't have to struggle so hard. So if you have people in your life that, and this could be one auntie or a set of grandparents, or maybe it's an entire line, you know, dating back generations and generations that you know, they always had financial comfort. They were never persecuted because of their bodies or their religions, or it's been a really, really long time since they were. You know, they were the victors. They were the conquerors in some kind of story. They're the ones that came out on top. Just breathe into that. And feel the back of your body and feel the ground beneath you. And as you feel the back of your body and as you feel the ground beneath you, can you imagine all of the people who somehow have given space for you to be comfortable right now? And as you imagine them, I really want you to rest. So see if you can rest. Breathe into your back. Breathe into the earthly side. And this is not about feeling guilt or obligation or anxiety or taking on their burden or their stress. It's actually a deep, deep thank you. It's a really, really deep thank you that I want you to feel in your body. All the people who have ever participated in your comfort. And so that means anyone who did what they could in the moment that they could do it. And that means all of the people who um, cleaned up your environment, 
who did jobs for you so that you didn't have to do them. And it means all the way that you were uh, given opportunities. If doors opened for you, or if you knew the right people in the right places at the right times, it's if you belong to a certain class of people, a group of people who get more opportunities, or who are able to fly more underneath the radar, or who get excused for bad behavior more often. Just kind of feel into that and feel all the way into the places in the world where there are actual human beings manufacturing the things that bring you comfort, like the headphones or the speakers that you're using to listen to this recording, and the chair that I'm sitting in as I'm recording it, and the computer that I'm recording it into. And breathe into all of the people who you are somehow responsible for bringing comfort to in whatever ways that you do. And this might include people who you are in service to because you choose to be, because you love them. And this might be people who you are in service to because you have to be, because your economic status means that you rely on them and so you have to help them out in some way and you may or may not choose to and you may like them a lot and you may not. And that could extend a really long distance. So if you're someone who has a job with Amazon and you're working in one of these uh, like packing and shipping places and you know your labor is something that produces comfort for people all over the world. So can you just breathe into that? And as you breathe into it, imagine that everyone is saying thank you. Putting that fucking thing in the box. Sending it my way. So waking up to privilege and positioning is really complex. It's really complicated. All of us have very um, circuitous and interwoven tapestries of lineages, and or most of us do at least. Um, and all of us, you know, we find different paths and come into different relationships and different obligations. And there is no one way to really paint the picture of what an entire experience is. But it is maybe a spiritual path and one of the most important paths at this moment on earth. And I'm not saying that this is forever, but particularly right now. It is so important for those of us with privilege to wake up to the ways that we uh, rely on other people. And all the work that gets done for us that we never ever see. And all the work that got done for us that allowed us to be in the places that we're in now of whatever kind of comfort that we never said thank you for. And if you are a person who benefits from economic security because of your class or your gender or your race, this might be a time to let go of some of your money. As you do this meditation, you might think about, hmm, how can I let go of some of what I've been the recipient of, even though I didn't necessarily earn it, it just kind of fell into my lap. Maybe I could give that gift to someone else. Or if you're a person who has a lot of maneuvering space because you have the right connections, maybe you're a person who could open some doors for someone else. Or if you're a person who owns um, some kind of space that could be comfortable for other people to rest in for a while, Maybe you open your space. Or if you're a person who has a skill and you've been able to study this skill and develop it and you really love to do it and it brings you economic stability, maybe you can teach this skill for free to a couple of other people who couldn't go to school for it. So it's this kind of thing that is the focus of this meditation. And this kind of thing, which I believe is the thing that we need right now. On January 19th, 2019, in the United States and on the planet. Um, 
right now we all will do so much better in the futures that we share if we can drop in and connect and uh, reach out and help each other out. So the first step in that is kind of waking up and arriving where we are. So thank you for participating in this meditation with me. If you feel tender, I would suggest that you listen to the meditation that preceded this one. Um, and that was given uh, on January 6th um, for the solar eclipse in Capricorn. And it's connecting to your star ancestry, to the ancestry of the universal dust, and to the place in you that is cosmic intelligence. And that is true also. So please reconnect to that place if you feel um, tender with the human connections and remember all the way back to the moment when you were born as consciousness in the, the galaxy. All right, if you'd like to know more about this meditation and what I was thinking about, um, please listen to the podcast for the full moon and lunar eclipse in Leo and Aquarius season. There are guided meditations for all 12 signs available. Um, those are audio meditations, and I have um, ways to connect with me now online. So if you're interested in participating in the Understanding Astrology of 2019 course that I gave, that's available at embodiedastrology.com in the shop. And I have monthly zodiacal season planners, and they give information about astrology and some of the sensations we may be experiencing here in correlation to that astrology and offer a place to kind of play around with those ideas. So all of that is available at embodiedastrology.com. Thank you so much for listening, sending you all the love and um, really wishing the best to everyone right now and hoping that we can collectively reach out and help people who need it. Um, I'm going to post in the show notes for this a link to a number of GoFundMes for government workers who are um, experiencing economic instability at the moment. So take a look and please fund the ones that are um, not getting so much right now. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.